Galaxy episode 53, uh, I hope it's 53, um, my, our guest, I guess, because it's both of us, yes, uh, yes. he is a musician, uh, Sai Kumi, hello, hello, hello. Hey, how are you doing, man? How are you doing, guys? Hey, hey, what's up with you here? Are you? I am, actually. Oh, yeah. I even came in early. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say a little bit too early. Oh, yeah. Um, we're unprofessional. I mean, we didn't start saying no to us, so sorry about that. No, but no. we are here, and uh, tell us a little about yourself. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, so at the moment, I'm a songwriter and composer, but I'm also a pianist and a journalist. That's usually the, the things that I go by, and I always have to make different business cards because I'm always switching up <laughs> different stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a songwriter, composer, drummer, and pianist. Mm-hmm. And I think it was great that you started when you were four, just making music, right? Yes, at the age of four, from what I can recall, um, I was a singer okay. in the Dominican Republic. My, mm-hmm. my real father, he, he was a singer, uh, a pianist as well. He played in a couple of groups when I was growing up. And he used to take me and my sister to the studio, he used to make songs, and then we'll have to sing it. So mm-hmm. from a very young age, I was already being trained as a singer. Um, I got gifted a piano when I was like two or three years old as well. So I had a piano there, but it was mainly singing right. when I was four. And, and I think I also read that you went to, to Berkeley for drums. Yeah, I went to Berkeley as a drummer. Yeah. That was what I auditioned with. Um, but I went there to be a music educator. Okay. at first. Yeah. Why the sort of switch from education to just performing? Um, well, I was mentioning to him earlier, um, I went to the introduction to music education class my first semester, uh-huh. and I remember the music teacher um, there, he said, in this course, you're either going to love teaching or you're going to hate teaching. Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, by the middle of it, I was like, I cannot stand this course. Um, I like teaching, but I don't think I want to pursue teaching. Um, in the back of my mind, I always was a writer and mm-hmm. a composer when I was younger, you know, not like as a title, but I always did it. Right. So I was like, well, I'm not very clean. They have a lot of things to offer, so let me switch my major mm-hmm. to contemporary writing and production, which there I became an arranger. I learned more theory and I learned how to write scores and lyrics as well. Oh, that's so nice, yeah, definitely. Uh, just like movie, kind of like writing scores is definitely something that like, I don't have experience in, but it's like all around and like it's definitely interesting. Like have you ever written like a score for like anybody or no, I have never written a score for anybody. Yeah. Um I did for a time write scores for myself, okay. you know. And I did get a couple of requests from people like what well, they wanted to use my song, mm-hmm. uh, one of the jazz songs that I released in twenty sixteen to use for film. So huh. I kinda got lucky that I didn't need to write a score. Right. He just wanted to go, I like the song, can we put it for this little short film mm-hmm. that I'm doing for a festival? I'm like, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and do it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like when people make scores for music, it's sort of like different in the sense where you're not really, I guess, using so much of your emotions and your thoughts. You're really just trying to convey what they want to convey. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's definitely sort of different that way. It is kind of different. and. The other night I was watching the Miles Davis documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. and there, there was a, a clip where he needed to write, you know, do some chunker stuff for a film mm-hmm. and he had like a big screen in front of him and he was just standing there with a the trumpet mm-hmm. trying to feel what 
you know, the, the actor was doing. So you kind of have to be on another, another person's vision mm-hmm. so you can portray your own vision as well. I want to touch base on a story I saw uh, you talk about on, on Instagram, just because, you know, me being me, I love being sort of a stalker with, you know, <laughs> the people we have on. And I think it was a really cool story where, like, you were saying there was a big show that you were doing, right? And I think that at the rehearsal, you were a bit behind on the drums, right? And then a bassist called you out on it or something like that, right? So tell us a little about the story. I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. So, so I grew up, you know, in my middle school and in high school that I went to. It's called Washington Heights, it's very Schneider Learning School. Um, I was there as a drummer. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I was learning. That's what I was doing. Specifically jazz drumming. Mm-hmm. Jazz and I jazz drumming. And well, this is going to go a bit more more back then, so we could get to that point. More um, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a program in New York called Jazz at Lincoln Center, mm-hmm. right? That's where we went to my salads and this orchestra phase. Mm-hmm. They also have a middle school academy that I used to audition for back when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, my school, my middle school had an outreach program with them. So every single year, our teachers would try to prepare the students, us, mm-hmm. to audition and see if we could get into that middle school academy because it will you know, prepare us to become better musicians. Right. So I remember in sixth grade, I worked my ass off just trying to level you know, my drumming. And I was just, it was, it was my first year playing drums, sixth grade. Right. So I'm trying, I'm doing my thing. I get a call back, I'm hyped. I do the second audition, I didn't make it. Right, and I wanted to quit drums, just quit. I was like, I don't want to do this, I'm trash, blah, blah, blah. But I still kept going, you know, 7th grade, 8th grade, 9th grade, I still did drumming, that's what I did at school. Um, and back, and then going forward to 11th grade, they made a high school program. So that other one was just a middle school program, mm-hmm. they made a high school program called the Jazz and Lincoln Center Youth Orchestra. You saw that as your second chance. Exactly. So I remember my teacher said it, it's a good opportunity. Why don't you, you know, practice and right. so see if you can get on it. So I remember every single day, because this was 11th grade, mm-hmm. I would practice every day. I quit the baseball team, because I used to be in the varsity team, then the junior varsity team. I quit baseball, I quit newspaper, I quit cross country, I quit everything, every extracurricular. Mm-hmm. So after school, I would go and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to let me stay until like 4, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., just practicing. Everybody else is gone. I'm there practicing. So I worked my ass off to get in there. Right. And, you know, I auditioned. I think I did very good. You know, my, my music teacher stressed, even though you're a drummer, it's good to know theory. Mm-hmm. Because those drummers that know theory usually tend to have more opportunities mm-hmm. after a while. So I put that in priority as well. And it was also part of the audition process. Mm-hmm. Sign reading big band music, jazz music, knowing scales, this and that. Even for drummers? Hmm? Even for drummers to know like all that music theory and yeah, right? yeah, it, it's and like I said, not that, it's not like every drummer has to do it. Right. But I always had the interest, uh-huh. and that's where I kind of got lucked out because uh-huh. even though I was a drummer, I always wanted to learn piano stuff and theory. So around that time, I knew a bit, you know, just basic, mm-hmm. and I was able to demonstrate that in the audition process. And as you know, a couple of months later, I get the letter saying that I got in. So I was, I was very happy. I'm like, wow. Out of like a bunch of drummers, I was able, in the whole Tri-State area, not just New York, mm-hmm. I was able to get into this program, a prestigious program, mm-hmm. with a you know, nice teacher, you know, very well known. 
Some days I'm doing my thing. I go every Sunday to the rehearsals. I know myself deep inside that I'm the weakest link. Right. I'm the weakest link in that whole big band of 21 people. So every that single motivated hmm? That motivated you. It motivated me a lot because I didn't want to be the one holding the, the whole big band back. And as a drummer, you got to drive it. You know what I mean? Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't slow down. Yeah. You can't speed up. You got to be like staying the big band, right? Um, and, but I never got that from the teacher. Like, they never said anything. Mm. You know, Vincent Gardner was such a bonus for this other Tessalic and Center Orchestra. He was a director for the youth orchestra. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he did his thing, but he never, like, went at it, you know, with that style. Right? Mm -hmm. but, so you get slapped around? No. Too fast or too slow? No. Okay. Um, but the whole point of the whole orchestra was to prepare for a big show of Carnegie Hall, mm -hmm. right? It was a whole full thing. Sean Jones was there. Um, Jimmy Heath was there. Bela Hathaway was performing with us. A lot of people, you know, were performing. And we were preparing this whole show. This whole show. There was this one day that I got assigned to play a shuffle. Mm -hmm. And I was not that familiar with a shuffle. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was the same shuffle that that I feel like that's the reason why I didn't get into the middle school one. Because mm -hmm. my shuffle was not good in sixth grade. Now we're in 11th, 12th grade, and my shuffle is still so so. Right, I was playing a lot of Latin music, so it's a lot of straight tapes. Right. But on the left hand, it was not there for me. I knew that. I practiced, but it was just I was very slow with it. Right. There was this one day that a uh, director was there um, conducting, and uh, I was slowing down. I was just dragging the whole song. You know, he counted the song like this, and as you know, I'm like. And I'm just very, I'm tired. My wrist is like, I'm done. Like, I'm, like I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But every single time I turned to my right, the bass player was just looking at me. Like, just vibing, like, like what are you doing? You're slowing down. But he, like, never, was never encouraging around that right. time, you know? So the thing was that I slowed down so much that the bass player just stopped the whole band. Like, he was just like, I can't do this. Switch the drummer. I don't want basically Saudi playing the song because he's playing the whole thing. So it discouraged me. It completely discouraged me. Um, but then, now that I'm thinking about, I know which post you're talking about. Yeah. I, I posted that like six years later, like how him doing that motivated me after all these years. You know, around that time in 20, 2014, I was furious. I was just like, I just want this whole program to learn. I don't want to. I just want to finish with this. Mm -hmm. And around the time, I kind of did not like him. Did not like him. And, and the thing was that he also went to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So then now I had to, to deal with him being there as well. So I was just one like, I'm going to separate myself. Right. Um, but after a couple of years, I, you know, I remember that. I remember after he advised me that day, I went the next day to school mm -hmm. and I practiced my shuffle. So luckily in the big show, I did not slow down. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. That was one heck of a vibe check. Man. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I think I read something. He just shattered like in the middle of the whole thing. Like, he just told everybody, hey, just cut it, and this guy slowed us down. Like, yeah, I've never, never seen that. At least in my time in that youth orchestra, where a bandmate would just stop playing and make the whole band stop. It was also my first time ever 
experiencing that. Right. Now after I went to Berkeley, I saw that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure your song is right. But this was me, a, you know, a guy from Washington Heights who's never played in a big band. Right. He's new to everything. So it was just like, I, it, it, they were not taking it easy. It was just yeah. like, yo, it is what it is. Right. You gotta step it up. And, yeah. You know, I saw that as a, as a learning opportunity for myself. And to, until this day, I'm grateful that he did that. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else did that in the right. orchestra. Everybody yeah. else was cool, you know, okay, well, but he won like, nah. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, step they, they were just okay with you, you know, fucking it up, basically. Yeah. They were being either too nice or they just didn't care. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, you know, I'm sure, obviously in the big band, the right. director and the conductor is always stopping people, making mm-hmm. sure everything was cool, but directed towards me, the way that was happening, it was just like, well, to reality check. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's caused you to make, you know, I feel like that in itself made you make music that you're proud of now, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we're talking just about, you know, drums around that time. Mm-hmm. You know, around that time, I really became in love with big band music, so I heard more big band music around that time. You know, you gotta listen to the music that you're working towards too. Mm-hmm. So that was just like a, a little phase in my life. You know, after after that finished, I haven't played big band music ever since. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm uh, that shit sometimes. It's happening. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool to sort of play a, a song of him uh, right now. Like, what, what song do you want to go play? Sure. Pienso in Ti, which is uh, a bossa nova from my first album. Awesome. Um, a lot of people seem to like that song. Awesome. And it's very relaxing, because that was the what I was going for when mm-hmm. I was writing that song. So just relax, sit down, and just vibe. Uh, just vibe, you know, <laughs> rainy day and everything, you know? There you go. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. that on 
on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I used to do that in college too, but like now with music, yeah. and, like an essay that I wrote in high school, I would just use for every assignment I could. I could. Words? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no plagiarism. You can't plagiarize yourself, can you? Technically, maybe I don't know. Maybe you yeah. can. Probably. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I did on on the on the Prezi, you know, the, the yeah, 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 yeah. and that that Google my name once. And if you still Google my name, you'll still find a bunch of assignments that I did uh-huh. in like 2013 in high school. Yeah. For like Prezi stuff. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> That's so funny. But um, yeah, I mean pertaining to your music, like we were just talking um during the break, how like You've kind of had, I mean, I guess, I guess you uh, you can call it like a stylistic change, but like with like your with like your latest single, mm-hmm. it's much more kind of like classic Latin music as to just straight up jazz. Yeah. So was it like a conscious decision, or or were you just you know exploring the different range of your like own artistic freedom? Mm-hmm. Um. No, I've always wanted to do this song that I just released on July, Only You and Me. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always wanted to do since mm-hmm. 2015. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the main thing. In, 2015, in 2015, I released a song on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. It's called The, the One I Want. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the, how do I say, it? like the blueprint to what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, female singer, it's an English, like Latin jazz salsa song. Mm-hmm that I've been wanting to do for a long time. But then in 2016, I had a whole bunch of jazz songs because I was arranging and I have a lot of stuff with Nelly, you know, charts ringing. And I'm like, wait, I'm here as a drummer, you know, at Berkeley, mm-hmm. but I don't really get called for gigs, rehearsals. You know, I'm just here like a sitting duck, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting called. So let me make the opportunity myself. You know, I have all these songs, for a quartet, you know, just four people. Let me make my whole my own album, you know, a whole jazz album that I could record in one day. I would need a, a bunch of different studio sessions and I could do it. So I just released that jazz album around that time just to release it, you know, so I could have work out there. Mm-hmm. But now I'm doing a lot of the salsa stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people call it like light salsa <laughs> or like smooth salsa. Why do people call it that? Because the salsa that you hear today is like dancing music. I mean, you have the romantic salsa, but you can still hear like it's live, like you, know, you want to dance. Mm-hmm. Whereas my salsa is, is meant to just chill. Yeah. You know, like you can just chill, listen to the rhythms, you know, bop your head to it. Right. You can dance, obviously, to it because it's salsa, you always want to dance to it. Mm-hmm. But my intention is not really to feel good start dancing. It's right. more like, Put it as a background music, mm-hmm. or put it on the radio. You can just chill, you know, take a drive. You want to make it to that playlist that uh, I was listening while you study playlist, like those lo-fi hip hop. Lo-fi hip hop speech to relax and study too. I have a whole chill hop playlist, low oh, that's cool. that I've been making since 2016. Yeah. Like a bunch of songs. That's all I listen to every day. I listen to smooth jazz, mm-hmm. chill hop. And romantic ballads, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm here making salsa. Yeah. So that's how like a lot of the influences come from chill out, lo-fi, and I bring it over yeah. to. Every time we make the light trap, say that again. Light trap. 
which is salsa. Nice. This is that's like yeah, that's actually really cool. And uh, the follow-up is like yeah. So I mean, I think you touched on it like a little bit, but how do you think your music, like what direction does um, do you think your music will like, go into from now? From now? Yeah. Well, right now I'm I'm focusing a lot on releasing more songs like that one, mm-hmm. English salsa to mm-hmm. be specific. That's my main thing. Involving, I mean, I would love to have a bigger production team behind me, mm-hmm. you know, so we could just be pushed out there, so people can know who, who I am and what I do as a composer and a songwriter, not much as an artist, because mm-hmm. I'm not usually the one singing, mm-hmm. I'm usually getting somebody else, which kind of makes me a producer in that sense as mm-hmm. well. You know, not like a making beats producer, but you know, producing an actual song with live instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, involving right now, I'm just, I'm just trying to release more music the way that I'm doing right now. I have one coming up in a couple of months as well. So so yeah, it's just making more styles of music mm-hmm. and different styles. Either dancing, either adding more funk to it, mm-hmm. or making it like very, very soft. So are, are you just trying to get like people who don't speak Spanish into salsa music? Is that <laughs> I had this thing a couple of years ago where because a lot of these songs that, I, that, I'm re- that I'm about to release, I wrote like a 2016, 2016, mm-hmm. 2017. A couple I released, you know, I wrote this year. But a lot has been coming, you know, just been preparing for this moment. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, I'm, I'll ju- I just want to get an English-speaking singer, mm-hmm. not a Spanish-English, I mean, a Spanish-speaking, you know, singer. Mm-hmm. Just because when I first, like, discovered English salsa, because I'm not the first obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot from before, but they, they, they were all Spanish singers that were big in the salsa genre singing Spanish, and most likely their producer or record label said, oh, let's make an English track. Right. And then when you hear it, you hear the accent, mm-hmm. the Spanish accent. And I like the song, the arrangement, but not, not that much the vocals. Mm-hmm. And for me, it never sounded clear. Amazing songs, but me, my, my thing was, if I get an English-speaking singer, mm-hmm. right, that's performing and doing her thing, mm-hmm. to sing an English salsa, maybe it might resonate more to the job, you know, the kids growing up mm-hmm. right now in this generation. You know, a lot of the Latinos um, from New York or in, in America, born in like the 2000s, they most likely know more English than Spanish, right? right? Then, like, I was born in 1996, uh, came in 2003, mm-hmm. I speak more English than Spanish as well, even though I know more Spanish, but imagine the kids born in 2005. Right. Most, most likely they'll speak more English right. and like 10% Spanish. Right. So like, that's, that's my thing. And if I'm able to write songs with a nice, clear, English-speaking singer... That still has their roots in their culture. With the culture and the land, they might, right. they might like it, you know? Right. At least I'm hoping that Later on, people might like what I'm doing. That's a very interesting, because I've never heard kind of like the reasoning for kind of like, um, I don't know, English sizing, I don't know how you say it, but kind of like doing that more as like an altruistic type of thing mm-hmm. rather than kind of like a money making thing. Because right. you know, you know, not, you know, English speaking artists will like usually, or like they probably speak both, 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 you know, languages, but they just release. You know, ultimate language. You know, right. versions just just for sake of money. But like, I really appreciate you and like you thinking way beyond that. You know, mm-hmm. thinking about 
this current generation and just like really the more uh, how, do you, how do you say the the more social or the more anthro anthropological 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 <laughs> is that's is that a word I don't know I don't know yeah. what is, but you know what I mean you know what I mean I think it's like really cool that you're like that you're like thinking to that sort of extent mm-hmm. where where like you know other people mm-hmm. will just think of like yeah if you make another version I could sell it to a different market and stuff like that so that's really cool how long take for you to make a song Depends if I start with the melody or if I start with the song with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I've had a tough battle throughout the years with that, mm-hmm. where the melodies come so easy to me. I could just be singing on the melody will come, mm-hmm. I'll record it, cool. And then I'll make the whole song, the whole melody, no lyrics yet. I'd have the rhythms, you know, all that. But now, now I gotta make lyrics based on the rhythm that I just did. Right. And then I come up with nothing. Oh, right? Yeah. So the song that I start with, the melody first and the whole arrangement, those take years for me to finish. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I just sit down one day and I write the lyrics, you know, make sure it's good, make sure I have a story, because I like to tell stories throughout the lyrics, right. um, you know, make sure everything is good, then when I sit down and make the melody, it's just, I could do that in one day, you know. But if I make the song and just the melody, I make the whole arrangement with the horns and everything with no lyrics, it will take me years. Mm-hmm. And I have songs right now that I've made in 2016 that still are not done. And is that just like release them just like that, or you want to just wait until the finished product's there? Say that again, please. Like, have you ever like just decided just release them like by themselves? No, I mean I know throughout the years I'll release like the demos. Mm-hmm. You know, just like oh, this is what I'm working on. But it's like the Garage Band and Logic demo that I just made. Mm-hmm. So I'll put it out there, you know, because like just be like okay. I'm I'm still active. <laughs> I know I know I released the jazz yeah, album in 2016, yeah, that's what I'm getting and now I'm just releasing music after four years. Yeah. But throughout those four years, I've been still releasing yeah. like little demos, just like mini demos. Right. And you know people like it. Some of them me singing, which I don't like as much, but people seem to like it as well. So so yeah, it's just it all depends. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, this song that I just released right now, it was meant it was lyrics first, mm-hmm. and then the melody. That's very cool, yeah. So, I mean, this is a podcast called Sounds Like You Always Say. So, so going back to, to, to the conversation about like, about the reason why you want to release your music in like you know English and stuff like that. But more specifically, how do you think you know the Heights, you know Washington Heights, has has changed over the course of your life, right? You know, because yeah, it's like how do you think you know? Like two thousand three, right? I came in 2003, yeah. um, I don't have much memory that I remember from the Heights, mm-hmm. except for, at least in that area, in that yeah. time in 2003, except for me probably getting lost once, or thinking that I got lost, but yeah. <laughs> I got lost, I a block away from my house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's just cleaner, I like the Heights, I mean, it is being gentrified, yeah. or gentrified, no, it's yeah, gentrified, yeah. right? Gentrified, yeah. It is being gentrified. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm fine with that, you know, I, a lot of people don't like it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just business to the, to the city, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to stress about that, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be gentrified, um, and if you want to stay, you know, work hard and maintain your, your, your place, because mm-hmm. a lot of people get kicked out for no reason, and now they're homeless, mm-hmm. so it is cleaner, it is a better place to live in, I'm sure the crime is still there, mm-hmm. but I, I, look, I look past that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yes, I know it's a different, it's a different take. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know, I know a lot of people hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, usually in the Heights, you got Broadway right in the middle, and then you have like Bennett, Fort Washington, mm-hmm. or before Tryon. That's usually Jewish people, living mm-hmm. there, Americans and Jewish. Once you go to the other side of Broadway, you have a lot of Hispanics there. Mm-hmm. So now they're like kind of moving towards, mm-hmm. you know, you have Yeshiva University right up there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of college students are moving in, you know, and they're trying to kick other Hispanics out to the Bronx right. or, or to Brooklyn or anywhere else, right. you know. So it, it is being changed, but I think it's being changed for the better. Accepted after I accepted Berkeley or whatever. Wow. 
Um, I probably would have just been doing straight jazz right now, just jazz drumming. Mm -hmm. But once I went to Berkeley, my first week, I met a bunch of musicians. We made a like an acid funk band. Ooh, it was like my first. It was called OK Bank. OK Bank, yeah. And we made this crazy band. Like, it was way out of like so different than what I did. Mm -hmm. So like just starting from day one, it was like I'm learning new stuff. I got into smooth jazz. Mm -hmm. I started doing more like Robert Glasper-ish type stuff, you know, more like D'Angelo um, type stuff, you know, mm -hmm. stuff that I never did before. So I, I'm, I'm glad that I chose Berkeley. I'm glad that I was able to put my hands into different genres and learn different different stuff over there. So yeah, uh, I loved it. I was like dickheads over there. Sure. I know like dickheads, like just dickhead musicians. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a percentage, like 90%, 95%? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually glad that all the people that I met over there were, were humble. Mm -hmm. And me, like, if I don't like you, I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm very, it's very easy for me to ignore a person mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. Like, you could be so close, and then once I see something I don't like, and you don't address it, like, that's it, don't expect anything from you. Right. So other people that I would see that they could be a dickhead to somebody else, I don't associate with right. them. So other people that I met, other people in my dorm, mm -hmm. you know, I love them. And I still speak to them to this day, you know. And I kind of stay with my, with my own little circle. Right. right. You know, I never, I did my own thing. Like I said, I was, the people that did performance majors mm -hmm. probably knew more people. At least that's my take. Because they were like in different ensembles, isn't that? But if you did something else, you kind of learn your own name. Cool. Interesting, yeah. But yeah, Boston is the city, man. Boston is a city. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so yeah, I think we need to cut it just because the cameras are going to cut off pretty soon. It's been almost an hour. So, uh, what do you want to leave with? Like, what's your so, final words? No, so yeah, I mean, thank, thank you guys for, for inviting me here, you know. I was very surprised when you guys sent me the message and allowed me to be on your playlist and you know it's nice to have support especially from New York mm -hmm. you know that's where you're from mm -hmm. um, but yeah next month I will, I will be releasing another song on October 22nd mm -hmm. which is my birthday as well. Oh awesome! Oh, wow. I will make a gift as well for myself that's releasing awesome. another song, an English style song with another amazing singer mm -hmm. um, so yeah just be in tune, in tune for that I'll be posting more stuff on my Instagram and, and yeah, everybody, make sure to follow Sounds Like MIT. You know, they have some great content over there. I like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like, like you guys want to make you forget the whole Boston thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm speaking to the content king over there. There you right? go. That's, that's what I'm saying. Right? That, that's what it is. That's what it is.